Hello and welcome to the Web3 Marketing with Becky and Rocky podcast. On this show, we interview experienced marketers in the Web3 and Metaverse marketing spaces. So together we can learn emerging strategies and best practices and confidently navigate our own Web3 journeys. I'm Becky, and unfortunately, my co-host Rocky is feeling a bit under the weather today, so I'll be leading our interview. On today's episode, our special guest is Ian McMillan, Chief Growth Officer at Mojito. Mojito is a tech platform that helps the world's most iconic brands, sports teams, and celebrities win in Web3 by building direct-to-consumer NFT strategies, communities, and marketplaces. Ian was also previously the global marketing lead at Nike Source. So welcome, Ian. Uh, can you please introduce yourself and uh, how you got into Web3 Marketing? Sure, thank you. I think you did a great job, uh, not only introducing me, but Mojito. That, that, was, that was well said. Thank you for that. Um, sure, yeah, my, uh, my background and, and Web3 really kind of started with an interest in crypto. Um, and kind of the underlying technology. I, I had the privilege of getting to attend Stanford Business School, and it was at school where I really started attending lectures and, and having conversations with classmates about what a distributed ledger was and what the technology could unlock for humans. Um, and it just piqued my interest. And I thought it was really interesting and continued to um, kind of just follow the industry and started dabbling in it. Uh, and when NFTs really started to gain prominence, I was just fascinated. I'd spent so much time at Nike thinking about new ways to engage consumers and to storytell and to um, just creating cool experiences. It's something I always w- was was pumped on. And I, I saw NFTs as a uh, what I perceived at the time as being kind of the next era for customer engagement, um, whether that's through marketing campaigns or really interesting storytelling or gamification or memberships. Um, I just thought the technology created a bunch of really interesting new use cases uh, for brands and consumers. And so that led me to Mojito and, and here I am. Yeah, it's been so interesting to see, especially with NFTs, how they how they've kind of really um, kind of exploded the whole like loyalty program, um, like infrastructure. And it's given us so many more ways to interact with um, our communities. Um, so, yeah, I love that that was also, you know, you kind of, you got into crypto, which is like a very common like way that people first get introduced to like blockchain technologies. And then um, after you kind of saw, oh, this is like, these are the, the um, you know, all the use cases that we can have with this technology. Um, I love that that's what got you, that piqued your interest. For sure. <laughs> So um, one of the things that's really exciting about Mojito is that you have your own product suite. Um, Mojito has built an API platform and dashboard for launching and growing NFT marketplaces, membership programs, and communities. Can you provide an overview of what Mojito does and of your different products? Sure, yeah. We we think about the world, uh, or rather our, our platform, in kind of three distinct buckets. The first one is commerce, uh, and our commerce suite facilitates the sale of any on-chain digital asset or digital good or NFT, depending on what you want to call it. Um, so whether that's just simple drops, whether that's auctions, whether that's even what we call claimables, which is the distribution of free NFTs, which is something that I personally am really excited about and, and a place where we see a ton of interest from big brands. Um, so that's that's is what we call the commerce suite. And I think what's unique about Mojito specifically, and, and I think is especially relevant in the market today, 
we've been pursuing our thesis is really that great brands want to own the direct connection with their consumer and to not be disintermediated. And as you look at kind of the way many brands over the last year or two years have entered Web3, there's really two distinct buckets. There are brands who have chosen to go kind of the Dapper Labs model, whereby they sell, the NBA is a great example of this, they sell the rights to content to a third party. And that third party, in this instance, Dapper Labs, takes that content and creates a business around it. But the NBA has kind of, again, I, I would argue, is not in direct connection with their consumer in that. And that's NBA Top Shot. And then there's our version, which is a white label solution that enables brands to go direct. Um, and so we've we've gotten to work with some really amazing sports teams um, and brands, which we can talk about as we go. But I think th that is kind of the most important thing to understand uh, about Mojito is that we have a platform and tools that enable brands to go direct to consumer in Web3. We think every brand should own their own kind of Web3 interface. So we have the commerce suite, as I just mentioned, which facilitates the sale and distribution of digital goods. And that includes both primary marketplace. So like the original sale, we also have the technology to build secondary marketplaces. And so this is something that, again, we, we get asked about a lot, which is, okay, we get it. We can sell an NFT, our NFT, our branded NFT, but then once it's sold, our holders, if they want to resell it, are going to these other kind of public secondary marketplaces, but they're leaving our website. We want to keep our traffic on our site. We want to keep our ecosystem in our ecosystem. And so we also have the technology to facilitate the setup of a secondary marketplace whereby holders of a specific project's NFT can sell it to each other, peer-to-peer -peer transactions. Um, and so that's the commerce suite. We have what we call the engagement suite. And the engagement suite are a lot of the tools that surround NFT sales. Think things like token gating, things like allow lists, um, and, and kind, of the, the, kind of tools that facilitate a sale in a really premium and cool way. And then we have the, the reporting, as you mentioned, which is just like, you know, every brand wants to know How's the health of their community? How's the success of the sale? What insights can you tell me about um, the wallets that are engaging with, with my, my drop? So that's kind of the Mojito product suite. I love that it's like this 360 degree kind of from, from beginning to end, like what, um, what do brands need in order to um, you know, successfully carry out a campaign and measure its success. I think that's one of the hardest things right now is measuring the success mm -hmm. of NFT campaigns. Um, so I really like that your your suite includes that. Um, some important things I took away there was eliminating the intermediary. Um, it's true. I hadn't really thought about that with um, um, with other like with um, NBA Top Shot, uh, for example, um, where you like you're essentially like licensing your IP out, but it's, again, it's like, it's, it's creating that extra step away from your um, community. And that's, it's, it's kind of defeating the purpose of one of the great things about um, NFTs is that it can bring you closer to your community. We see so many, you know, one of the things I love about being in different discords is I can talk directly to project founders. Um, or the community managers who have, are completely tapped into what's going mm -hmm. on um, with the different brands. So um, it's true. You want to have, you, you don't want to create more distance. You want to decrease that mm -hmm. distance. <laughs> and again, yeah, it's just kind of a difference of, of, um, of opinion on the right way to do it. And again, I'm not, no, no shade thrown at anyone who chooses to license IP. I think that can be really lucrative. And if 
um, that achieves the business goals that you're trying to achieve, then awesome. Uh, but I think again, coming from eight, nine years at, at Nike, I, I know the power of brands and, and consumers together. And I definitely want to create as close a connection between the two as I can. And that's where Mojito's position. Yeah. And I think it, like you said, it's, it depends on the business goals. It's like, what are you trying to achieve? You know, like for some companies, I think they, or some brands, maybe they want to add another revenue mm -hmm. stream and that's kind of the primary goal and that's fine, you know, but then there are others that are like, this is our really more of a community engagement tool. Um, so or you can do both I think, yes. or you can make money and engage your community, which yeah. is kind of the, the Holy grail, which is again, like our, our focus. So totally aligned. Totally. <laughs> So let's see, um, in your opinion, um, which types of brands should consider developing Web3 strategies and why? And, and what are the benefits? For example, do you need to be kind of a bigger brand um, to um, engage in, in, a, in a strategy like this? Or can smaller brands also take part? Um, and what are the benefits of kind of entering Web3? Totally. I, I think something you just mentioned is really relevant, which is direct access. And I think creating I think any brand that is building something for humans, um, for consumers, so like maybe not focused on enterprise, but focused on individual consumers or creators or, or whatever, I think there's so much value in having direct access to your community and giving them a voice um, and creating a two-way conversation. And I think this isn't a new concept by any means, but I think the, the closer you are to your consumer, the more you can understand their needs and the better you can build and support them and create value for them. And so I think as you just described, like let's leave the conversations around like the quality of discord out, but having a community forum where people can directly communicate their needs, their desires, their hopes um, directly to a, a founder or a, a company is really interesting. And I think especially for small companies, um, that's super duper valuable. I think actually bigger brands have a harder time doing that because they have such diverse, maybe consumer base, Maybe it's really hard to move um, quickly. And I think one of the interesting things about Web3 is like you have to be pretty agile and responsive. And so I've, I've seen big brands actually stumble in that because maybe there's three or four people who need to approve uh, a tweet or a line of copy that goes out. And so if you can't be quick and responsive, sometimes that can actually create friction um, for a Web3 project. So I think... Web3 projects can be interesting for any brand, big or small. I don't, I certainly don't think everything needs to be Web3, um, but I think there are aspects of a brand's presence that should be. Uh, and, and I also think you don't have to go huge. Like you don't have to have, you have to sell a 10,000 PFP project that's going to live on in perpetuity. Like you can, one of my favorite projects we did was for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, at the time they were the reigning NBA champions. We, gave away 500 NFTs, which served as a digital member pass that got fans into a VIP viewing area at the stadium for the duration of the playoffs. So it was a time-bound experience. It conveyed value that was IRL. So you show up to the stadium, you get discounted food and beer, you get access to exclusive merchandise that was created by a local graffiti artist. And you got this really elevated viewing experience for the game. Like there's discrete, clear value in that. Um, and it was time bound and it was a small little test. And so that to me was a great example of like a, a really nicely executed project that achieved awesome things, both for the consumers of it, the people who got to experience it, but also, um, Milwaukee because they got to some, some really valuable insights from those folks and now have a small community of 500 people 
um, that are their super fans. So we just, that to me is a great example of like starting small and really focusing on value. I, I was really interested in that example of the Milwaukee Bucks. I love that, um, like you said, it was time bound, which I think that's one thing that can be quite daunting for a lot of um, brands going into the space is like, wow, this is like a whole other thing that we have to like maintain mm-hmm. and we have to, you know, think about like what are the, you know, the perks that we're, we're going to deliver over you know, in perfect, like you said, like over like the, the lifetime. It stresses of, me like, out and energy. I'm not even the one who has to do it. It's yeah. yeah, it's stressful. Right. And, and, and I see that too with, um, I mean, I know we're talking brands today, but I see that too with the smaller, um, you know, little startup NFT projects too, where they're promising these things in like in indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, that's a lot of, um, you know, pressure that you're putting on yourself. And I think that can get quite overwhelming for a marketing team um, to think through and then like think through how they're actually going to execute it. So I liked that this um, example with the Milwaukee Bucks was time bound, like you said, and that there were IRL benefits too. Um, You know, the digital benefits are great, but um, it's really, it's something else when you get to, to experience like, oh, this is how my membership is giving me like something in real life (laughs) that I can, uh, you know, physically like, see like, oh, this is, this is what I'm receiving from this. And with experiences too, right? It's not just um, an item, but it's like the, ex- the enhanced experience of going to a special area to watch the game during the playoffs. Your, your, your team is playing, you know? So it's like, it's, that really creates more of an emotional connection and it, and it lasts longer. Mm-hmm. So um, I really, I liked that. And I liked that you, that you said that this was a test, right? So, so now you've seen how, how it worked and you can say, all right, what are the, the things that we want to take from this, the lessons and, you know, moving forward, how do we want to incorporate this? Exactly. You know, in like next. Year? And I think what was yeah. a really important aspect of this was the marketing behind it, which was like super duper transparent from the very beginning about this is a test. Here are the benefits. They're really super clear. And, and that set expectations. And I think a lot of the biggest frictions that I see between brands and consumers often happen when expectations go unmet. And so taking control of those expectations and then putting the business in a position to exceed them in moments is how you create magic and how you build relationships. And, and I think that's the ultimate goal for all these brands is to build lasting, enduring relationships. Uh, and so, yeah, the marketing was super important. And another aspect of the marketing was Milwaukee as a, as a city is a pretty amazing place, but I, I think there's, they would self-identify as very kind of blue collar, um, not super tech forward. And so a Web3 test was a pretty innovative thing. And we were really conscientious about making sure we were using words that people understand. We didn't call them NFTs. They were called digital member passes. Um, and so again, the great marketing, know your consumer, speak in a language they understand, set expectations, and then find moments to exceed them. Uh, and that that's really what kind of I think was the magic sauce for for that project. I love that. It's and it's and it's like this is also just marketing in general, like right? Like it's like you said, knowing your customer and um, you know, and and being clear in your in your marketing um about what they can expect and um but it's but just applying it to um to Web3. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate that. And one thing you mentioned too about, you know, some of the friction 
that can be that can happen. Like how you said, there are some companies that have you know teams of people that work on social media, and everything has to be approved, you know, up to like you know legal mm -hmm. sometimes, yeah. <laughs> depending on what it is. And so that is one thing that like in the, in those types of um, in working environments, it can be difficult to try something that's more um, that's more new. That like there hasn't been a ton of use cases. I mean, we're, we're seeing more and more brands enter web three, um, you know, with their own NFT launches, but it's still in the grand scheme of things, pretty new. So um, what are some other things that you think that brands or, or the marketing teams that are working for brands should be thinking about um, in determining, you know, is creating an NFT campaign or some kind of, um, you know, campaign that utilizes this technology the best thing for us or or what are some open conversations that we need to have um in order to make this work like maybe maybe the ceo has said we like i want to do an nft campaign but you're looking around and thinking this is not going to mm -hmm. work the way things are right now like what are some of those things that marketers kind of have to have to navigate well i think in my experience, marketing in Web3 is exactly the same as marketing in Web2. I mean, the tenants remain. It's This isn't some like mysterious new world. It's the foundational principles apply. And I think, you know, we've touched on some of them, knowing your consumer really, really well. Um, I also think it's getting clear on what are the objectives of, of uh, a campaign or what are the objectives of an experience or what are you endeavoring to do as a business? And, and then you kind of work backwards from there, like marketing and, and these type of web three activations can take on a million different flavors. And I think ultimately being clear on your goal is probably connected to either driving revenue or engaging with consumers to sustain and build relationships or ideally both. And I think being really clear on those tactics and how whatever you're doing in web three ultimately connects back to those key KPIs or success indicators um, is just really important. And I think, yes, the technology is new. Um, yes, there's a million flavors of it and things you could do, but really like if you can't explain it simply uh, to your consumer, you probably shouldn't be doing it. And so I think we, where we really push brands is be simple, be clear, and you can use, you can still create magic, but like you, you have to build on the foundation of, of clarity. So I think some cool examples that I personally am waiting for are like the gamification of, of real life. There's a couple different brands we've talked to who are looking at ways to um, incentivize things IRL. So here's an example for you. I always use this example. I'm waiting for someone to do it. You could be an outdoor brand and you could say you could create a global challenge or you could create a, a, a national challenge. If you ascend one the highest peak in any state. So I think in Oregon, the highest peak is Mount Hood. If you, uh, if you happen to climb Mount Hood, uh, you're a mountaineer and you decide to do that, you will then have access to claim a free NFT. And that NFT can serve as a badge, which says this person climbed this mountain and it can unlock 50% off to that brand for the next quarter or the next year. Um, and that's a really fun way to kind of gamify. It's like furthering the goal of this outdoor brand, which is like getting more people active and outside and climbing mountains and using their apparel or whatever. Um, it rewards the behavior that they wanted to incentivize and it kind of creates a community around it. And so there's a million different flavors that you could do. 
You could do something for coffee lovers. You could do something for runners. You could do something for beauty brands. There's a lot of different ways you can gamify things with NFTs um, that unlock rewards for your super fans. And I think that to me is a really exciting, like that's where I'm excited to see marketers take this. Um, you could you could literally create a world that's kind of like, not to be nerdy, but like think about Mario running around the world. Like any of the games, if you've ever played Mario, he like collects things. You can do that with NFTs. Like you can hide golden tickets in places um, for your consumers to unlock. And I just think that's fun. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's an, to me is an interesting frontier and a place I know a lot of companies are building right now. I've often thought about that too, but for the national parks, right? Like you get like an NFT for each, you know, park that you go to and then um, create this kind of like passport book of <laughs> all the parks you've been. And you're right, it, it, it creates community and excitement. Um, I mean, I know for me, like, um, you know, this is more like AR metaverse stuff, but with um, Pokemon Go, like that's, that's the thing that gets me out, you know, like if, if there's something happening in the game, like I'm at the park and I'm walking and I'm and I'm meeting people. <laughs> so um, it gets me away from the, you know, the computer for a little mm -hmm. bit. And yeah, there is definitely something to be said about um, yeah, gamification. And, and I, I, I'm really excited to see, like you said, more of that and, and to see what, um, you know, may come out of Mojito's uh, partnerships with different companies. Cool. All right, let's see. What advice do you have for brands that want to break into Web3? Where should they start and what should they consider? We talked about this a little bit, um, you know, about like, what are your expectations for the campaign? Um, you know, your, your intentions for doing mm -hmm. this. Um, are there any other questions that brands should be asking themselves? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it starts with the foundation, right? What do you want to achieve? And then once you're clear on the goal, maybe it's just to test a new technology and to see how it works. And if it's about learning, that's awesome. But that helps to like scope up the scale of the project. Maybe you start really, really small or maybe you go huge. So I think it starts with getting clear on your goals. And then I think it's having someone, whether it's folks internally who've been dabbling in the space or finding a trusted kind of partner slash advisor to help guide you there, as we've seen, there's a lot of unfortunately bad actors um, and it, it makes it a challenge and it, it's scary because there are people taking advantage of kind of information asymmetries in the space. Um, and so I think it's finding a trusted advisor um, and making sure that their incentives are aligned with your incentives and then trusting in each other and building something special. And, and again, I think Web3 tactics, um, there's specific things you want to do, but the, like a lot of kind of the first principles are just kind of your business first principles. So I would say get clear on what you want to do, find someone who you can trust to help guide you, and then use a team that's done it before and has seen success. Those typically to me are the most important uh, inputs to a great project. Thank you. Um, a lot of new NFT projects have to start without any robust audience and build their communities from scratch. Um, however, many brands already have large audiences like we've discussed. Um, what advice do you have for brands that want to transition their audiences into communities? So we call this retroactive distribution. And it's kind of, I mean, retroactive meaning you're taking a Web2 audience and bringing them into Web3. Uh, I think there's again, not to continue to harp on this one project, but the Milwaukee Bucks team is another amazing example of this. Like 
they didn't market this to Web3 kind of degen NFT collectors. They marketed this to their community and they did radio promotion. All the old kind of tactics, they did radio promotion. They gave um, NFTs to like 10 or 15 different influencers within the like sports community in Milwaukee and said, hey, give these out to people who you think are deserving. And so seeding, seeding them, giving them away via radio and promotion. They sent out an email to their season, season ticket holders and said, hey, this is this new program. We want you guys to have first access. If you're interested, um, sign up here. And there was kind of a like a sweepstakes slash lottery draw to select winners. And they also, this is the coolest thing ever. In the stadium, during a timeout, they flashed a QR code on the Jumbotron and gave away 50 NFTs and they we were able to just sold out, not sold out. We gave them away in four seconds. We had that many people claim. And so that was an wow. awesome way to, again, like make sure that they're bringing their community along because they were building it for their community. And so I think following your same kind of like, look at if, if you're a brand and you have a CRM, who are your most engaged consumers? That's where you want to go first, where you identify your super fans and give them first access to a drop is super important. And I think giving them, giving them the NFTs, if, if you're going to sell them, I think it's really important to make sure you're giving many out to the community first, because it, it feels a little icky um, to me to, to just trying to sell. Like DGENs, right? Because that's one thing that I think like Tiffany um, got a lot of pushback because it was like, hey, DGENs, like wag me. <laughs> It just felt like really like why what is this what is happening you know and and they were still successful they still sold out but it definitely there was a lot of people that felt really uncomfortable with it um and so i think it, it's it's right that you um are speaking to your to your existing audience first rewarding like you said season ticket holders these are these are your super fans right um and giving away a lot first so that people can see um, the value um, before you even get started. And then maybe in the, you know, the season two, I guess, you know, of the, of the NF could always charge, you know, for, for additional benefits. Then once people realize, okay, like I did, I got the free version and it was great. So this, like, they're going to deliver, like they're going to, they're going to have a great experience. So. Yeah. And I, I, just to, to circle back to the Tiffany point, to me, that was a great example of, bringing in a new audience. I think they tuned it for Web3 natives um, and like the DGENs, uh, which I say lovingly, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. But to me, that was a successful execution of a campaign targeted at bringing in a new audience versus bringing in an existing audience. And so like, yeah, I, I, I understand. This, again, this just goes back to what are you trying to achieve? And if you're trying to appeal to the crypto natives, which by the way, a lot of brands are, because it's like a trillion or historically, for the last year has been about a trillion dollar opportunity if you think about tapping into crypto. Um, and so I understand, but most of the brands we work with are trying to bring their community along with them versus do something new. Mm. And maybe that's what, you know, people miss, including myself, you know, I, I, to me, it just seemed like disingenuous, but you know, when, with, with the Tiffany um, campaign, but you're right. I mean, maybe that was their, their goal was to bring in, like you said, a new audience. Um, so, and like, like I said, they were very successful, so, you know, it, it worked out and people were talking about them either way. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> Let's.
Is there a particular brand um, that has surprised you in terms of um, like the fact that they've entered Web3 um, or maybe their Web3 strategy surprised you? Um, yes, Almond, Almond Joy, the Almond Milk brand surprised me that they jumped in. Um, there's actually a great list of brands. I think it's like, up, I think it's over like two or 300 now. And like, it's actually kind of astonishing the number of brands that have been able to like do a test. Um, so yeah, I would say almond, is it almond? No, it's not almond joy. Almond, almond joy. Almond, almond joy is the candy bar. What's the, Oh, oh is it the God, almond milk? It? Like, yeah, it's, it's an almond milk brand. Maybe it's just called almond milk. <laughs> Um, they, they surprised me. They did like a kind of a play on, it was like banana flavored almond milk for board apes. It was just like a silly ploy, but I, that surprised me. I, a more genuine answer would be Starbucks. Um, mm. I think they are such to me, a, an iconic brand that has so nailed the digital and physical blending of experiences. I think the Starbucks app is extraordinary insofar as it removes friction it's delightful to use and it creates value for both the brand and for the people using it. Mm -hmm. And I really like the rewards program and to see them adding a web three layer now on top of their membership, super impressive. I think they're one of the best to do it. Uh, and, and I'm really excited to see where they push the world because, you know, when, when, when a global Titan like that decides to do something, they always do it to a level of fidelity that changes the game. And so I'm excited to see them change the game. And I like how they they've kind of announced that they're doing it, but they're they're being very slow um, and intentional about how they roll it out. Um, they're not rushing mm -hmm. to launch their campaign. They're really, um, it's I mean, my perspective, you know, on the outside seeing it is like they're they're really um, taking their time and making sure that it's it's a smooth and successful yeah. launch. Um, they're so really thoughtful about really when they make thoughtful. moves. Oh, I just, it's Almond Breeze. That's the name. Oh, Almond oh Breeze. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the name uh, of the Almond Milk brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them or Liquid Death, another like kind of really cool, funny brand to me. Um, did some NFTs. That was cool too, so. Oh, cool. <laughs> All right. And so that about uh, wraps us up for today. Um, we covered a lot. Um, we, we talked about um, the Milwaukee Bucks partnership, um, we, and what a great case study that was, and and some some takeaways um, for for marketers to learn from that. Um, we talked about how to approach, um, you know, building a Web three marketing strategy, and uh, you know, determining what your goals are. And um, I would just love to kind of end this by asking, where can people find you and learn more about Mojito? Sure. Yeah. Um, I can be found uh, on LinkedIn, Ian McMillan. Um, and I'm also on Twitter at Ian McMillan or at Ian MCM. Um, and yeah, mojito.xyz is our website. Please hop on, give a shout. There's a type form link in there if anybody wants to, to connect directly with us. Um, but yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for the time. And, and I appreciate your, your questions and enthusiasm for the space. This has been the Web3 Marketing Podcast with Becky and Racky. If you enjoyed listening today, please give us a rating on Apple, Spotify or Anchor so more people can find the show. Feel free to tweet us with any questions and thank you for listening.